This is Rated Raw with Alex Evers and Jamie Price. What's up, everybody? We're back with another episode of Rated Raw with legendary automotive photographer Jamie Price. I'm Alex Evers. I take pictures of horses. What's up, Jamie? He takes pictures of horses. How are you doing? Good. I'm not taking pictures of horses today, apparently. Dude, you look sharp. You Meanwhile, know, I'm in I'm in T-shirt land, repping yeah, Lamborghini Charlotte. On brand, not a big deal. <laughs> but you do look good, man. Well, look at. I noticed this last time when I was in Hong Kong. Is like the jockeys roll up in suits and they got their whips and their bags and they look the money. They look like they're going to a hockey game. And when we were kids and you went to the games in high school and you know you had to wear suits and stuff. So I'm going to bring it to the next level and I'm going to start wearing suits when I go to shoots and showing up looking like the money, like I'm just JJ Watt rolling in, not a big deal. I'm going to fire it up and then I'm going to throw on the dirty ass clothes and go make killer remote frames. What do you say Listen, about if, that? If you need, if you need some, uh, some fashion advice, uh, the Carolina Panthers quarterback is lit. I should teach him. I could, I could teach him a few things. He's uh, he's aggressive. He's fashion forward. He, to say the he, least. he is fashion forward. And I don't hate it. I could never pull off any of it, but I don't hate it. You should try. I want to see you. We should do like swap for a day and like all wear hella branded t-shirts like Lamborghini, Porsche, Ferrari, Diablo. Uh, we've been we've been saying for a while that we're going to dress up like each other for Halloween, haven't we? Yeah, but I think I'm going to dress up as one of the Ortiz brothers for Halloween. One of the jockeys. I think I'm going as well, I rap for Halloween. You will never... You will never top what you did this past year, though. Oh, I don't know, man. I, I think I can do a pretty good no way. at RTs. No way. We'll sign up to social media. How you been, man? I've been well, man. What you been up to? You know, just uh, just hanging out. I shot Daytona a couple weeks ago, and um, now just waiting for a baby price arrival. We're, we're <laughs> inside of two weeks. Oh, my so. God. So basically, this is about to end in uh, two weeks. We better record 12 episodes in the next <laughs> week and a half because I'm yeah, never going to see you again. Sorry, everybody. We were hoping you – I know you were really enjoying Jamie and Alex just talking senseless stuff to each other, but it's ending now that I'm going to be a dad. It's all right. I'll just start interviewing jockeys and buddies that have like crazy career arcs that went from like living in the gutter or doing nothing to being legends. And we'll just – So like know, so this pod. is your own personal story then? Kind of. Drake wrote that song about me. Started from the bottom. It was a he had to pay royalties and vig on that, but I didn't want to charge him. You know, I, I left the copyright to my story out. Do you know what time it is, Alex? I think it's time to say what beer you got. What are you drinking this week? Oh, I'm drinking God. a a local a local brew called Coars Light. I couldn't I couldn't find it. I couldn't get to the grocery store today, so uh, I I just pulled what I had in the refrigerator. I apologize. As my sister's boyfriend calls it, the nectar of the gods. It is. It is a super wonderful nectar. That's off brand for me. Today, I'm going with a local brewery to me in Hawthorne, the Los Angeles Ale Works. We do our fantasy football drafts there every year. And this is the camouflage. The can is so sick. It's a double West Coast IPA. Very melony with floral hops. Wow. Uh, yeah, the I'm, can's cooler than the taste. I can't get into the IPA thing. It just, it gives me headaches and it's too much. I want to, I want to like drink six beers and not one in 0.5. Like, like a, a two, two IPAs would have me on the floor. We drink like after hockey, it's like minimum five Bud Lights. Cause but you couldn't drink five IPAs after because you it's water because you're di- high. Yeah, of course. It's not <laughs> That's drinking. What's you're wonderful just about it. <laughs> So, that's, what I, that's what I drink to recover from uh, 
from from a car race is is Bud Light. I'm I'm drinking Bud Light trackside to recover. Oh, you have a camel back with Bud Light in it. You degenerate. I do. I, you that thought I shot so IMSA gross. racing? I actually shoot NASCAR because that's what we actually drink up. <laughs> if you had to shoot the Daytona 24 hour event and drink for 24 hours while shooting it, could you get it done? Uh <sighs> one beer an hour for 24 hours. <laughs> No, I don't think that I could, but I would really, I want to try one day. Can, do you want to come shoot Daytona with me and try? Yeah, I really do. Actually, if it's not the same I weekend actually, as Hong I Kong, I would hire, for sure. I want to hire you to come. I try. I actually tried to hire you and you, I think you bailed on me. Like when you, you still had the day job and you couldn't yeah, get time. Would, yeah, they wouldn't let me have time off. And that had that been like a year later, I would have been like, um, I'm going to take time off again. I don't care. I think my last year there, I was off. Like some like two and a half months. I just kept taking no pay, no pay, honeymoon in Greece. I, I, I genuinely want to come hire you because I think you would a love car racing, but I think you would find it very challenging. But I'd love to see your eye doing it because you can't you can't hire me to come shoot horse racing. I've been there, done that. Like it, I, I know I know what it's like. I know what you're you know what you're gonna get out of me. Sure. I don't know what I would get out of you. And I think that probably get a lot of portraits. The, yeah, but that's you know that's a weak spot of my what I deliver to my clients, and the only problem for you is that we don't really have. I, I actually did a remote setup at Daytona this past year. You would be proud of me, dude. I would find a way to get get remotes going. I would find a way to get like a camera in a car or like an RXO on a time lapse in somewhere for like a test lap. I don't know. It, you push I think you, actually, you could do something cool, I'm sure, but that's that's kind of your forte is remotes, and, and it's a little more challenging in car racing. Yeah, because I like to try to put cameras where I physically can't be. Like I'm working on something right now that I'm pretty excited about that might be epic. I'm documenting cool. If I pull it off, I'll show you can tell, what I you do. You can tell me about it when we're not live. <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be epic. You can actually give insight to what it is. Cause, and this is kind of cool because when like with other photographers, this is how we come up with ideas and like test things and talk through different ideas that we're going to go test out. It's just bullshitting like this. And like, hey, what do you think of this? And could you do this? Yeah, we or spit, what would we work? spitball and then I tell you it's a stupid idea and don't do it. A lot of the ideas I have are relatively stupid, like doing this podcast. It's not a stupid idea. But speaking of podcasts... Um, one of you, you put out the questions this week for people to ask you what we should be talking about. Did you not? I did. I did a little bit more direct approach. I went and handpicked and selectively went through the Evers photo followers and asked some questions. I got some questions about school, actually. So the question is, should you go to photography school? Well. And, and the answer is? I personally think you should not go to photography school. I think it's I a money, agree with that. I think it's a money grab. What photography school gives you is, especially like with YouTube and everything and the internet now and shows like Rated Raw, of course, with the legend Jamie Price giving all this expertise advice. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's, there's the information is out there. There's nothing secret in photography. There's XF information. There's metadata. There's a million videos. There's people talking about it. You can learn the basics and the gist of photography. I personally did, I want to say, at eight weeks – and then another like two or three. I wasn't in photography school very long. I got a, in a little bit of an issue with this dean. They wanted to use a photo of mine. And the school's not even around Brooks Institute of Photography. So I can say it. It was a joke. Absolute joke. Right. So I'll just tell the story about my Brooks Institute experience. And this is why I think photography school isn't 
necessarily the right way to go. If you want to go to school, gather around, gather around the campfire, children. Alec, Uncle Alex is going to tell his his school stories now. If if you want to go to school and you have the opportunity to go to school and school is valued in your family and maybe you have like your parents are paying or whatever, it's not going to cost you money to go to school. Go for like business. Go for marketing. Go for sociology and learn how to deal with people like get an education of value that is applicable to today's day finance you know anything that you can actually apply to the business of photography aside from making wait 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 wait. you mean there's more to photography professional photography than pushing a button yeah it's like i only push a button like five percent of the time if you think about it, how much time do you actually spend pushing a button? You do these 24-hour bullshit. This is mind-blowing. I'm, I'm pushing buttons a lot during a 24, so I'm not a good example. But, yeah, I, I totally 100% agree with you, and I want to hear this story. But I want to I say that I completely agree with you that photography school is completely unnecessary. I've never, ever taken a photography class in my life. I've done one um, – it was one – four-day workshop with Rich Clarkson's program. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know who Rich Clarkson is, do yourself, do yourself a favor and learn who he is because he's he is an actual, true, living legend of photography, of sports photography. But I went to his workshop and met some of the, the greatest living sports photographers in the world and got to learn from them, got to shoot next to them. Um, you know, Brad Smith, Dave yeah, Black, like yeah, just some of killer. these, some of these guys just, they've been doing it a long time and, um, I'm, I'm proud to, you know, call some of them acquaintances like Joey and Mark Terrell. They're, they're, yeah, they're, unreal. they're the Both best. Guys. And, and Joey and I still communicate pretty frequently, but yeah, that workshop is the only formal education I've ever had in photography. And I did go to college myself, but it wasn't for photography. So I, I 100% agree with you that photography school is is unnecessary. It's a kind of a waste of money, and you can listen to podcasts too to kind of like see. I, I don't know, like that, when I was talking about the website thing and the girl that didn't have a domain and a website and didn't have an email. You know, the I feel like generally the instructors that teach at these photo schools have an, a damn clue what they're doing in a professional oh, sense and and with like actually making money as a photographer they te- they might be okay instructors and teachers that like teach technical sides of photography and how to work a, a light setup and maybe like teach you the the perfect maybe they can't i don't know i've never met I, I've, I've never dealt with any of them but you don't need a photography school to become a professional photographer you do need some education somewhere you can't just go straight from high school where they teach you nothing, where you learn like, you know, like the basics of American history up to 1960. And then they're like, all right, good luck. Have fun in college. Good luck partying and drinking and, and you know, that was like sin of me though. Like I'm up to, I'm up to like 12th grade and like I had like a little bit of 13th grade community college for like maybe a couple of classes. I like half assed, didn't really go Photoshop transcripts to tell my parents that I was going like now that, now that I'm like, I'm super comfortable with where I am in life. I can talk about all this stuff and be super comfortable with it. But at the time I wasn't like fucking super proud about not going to like a big school and like all that stuff. But I knew that this photography thing was, was going to be fun. So I was already shooting like professionally for, you know, 
six months or so. So I kind of seen a little bit of the industry, had met my mentor, was working with him. And my parents were like adamant about me being in school and going to school and getting your degree and whatever. Like that was, it was more for them than for me. Let's put it that way. And so I get to Brookson's Institute of Photography and I should have realized it was an absolute joke when they call me and they didn't ask for a portfolio. They were talking like, oh, I work for this company. I've done this, blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh yeah, you're basically in. I was like, uh, that's kind of bizarre. So, but anyway, so I go and I'm there the first, I try to test out of photography one and this is what I should have known. It was a fucking farce. They're like, ah, uh, yeah, you know, you got a 90% on the test, but the question you missed, we just don't think that, you know, you're really ready to be out of photography one. And I was like, uh, all right. So I take this fucking class and the first class was an absolute abomination. It was a joke. It was like. This is what Aperture does. This is what Shutter Speed does. And it was $4,800 for eight-week sessions. So do the math on that. It was a three-year program, $4,800 every eight weeks. You're going to be in a fuck ton of debt if you're taking this program. The students that get there, then the class was like 20-something of us in the first thing. Half of them were like DSLRs out of the box, like had never touched a camera in their life. They were just like mom and dad had money. They were going to go to art school and be artists. And so they were opening up their D like 50 Nikon, whatever it was out of the box. Embarrassing. A couple people that had shot. And then a couple people that were just like just doing a ton of drugs on mom and dad's money. Like they were just, it was, it was drug vacation. Right. So I do the first, the, the first semester, the first session, but day one, I will never forget the teacher. We roll in and this is where I was like, holy shit. What the fuck have I gotten myself into class one? Okay. F- intro to photojournalism. You're all going to be photojournalists. This is 2006 economy. Not that great. Photojournalism on the downturn print media going away. Right. You're going to come out of Brooks Institute photojournalism program as a photojournalist making $80,000 a year. In what and I, I was like, uh, are you fucking high? Like, what world are you living in, bud, that this is happening? And that's what they were peddling. They later got sued by students for peddling that same information, that bullshit information Good. about Good. this. It's called accountability. And then Brooks. so that same professor, <laughs> and I interact with my buddy Nate Jones on Instagram recently. I finally reconnected with him. We lived together there. This guy, I ask him, I'm like, hey, here's what I want to do. I want to do these remotes. I want to put cameras. I've seen how to do it, blah, blah, blah. I'm just not quite sure, like, all the dynamics. And this was right before I really got deep into learning all that stuff. And he goes, you can't do that. It's like, that doesn't exist. Like, and he's like, why do you want to take pictures of horses anyway? It's just a waste of your time. So that was my professor at photography school that I was paying $4,800 of fucking every eight weeks for. That was class one. Class two, I mentioned on the last episode, the one professor who was a legend as far as, like, lighting yeah. <clears throat> and spectacle highlights etc right i had a class for like a week and it was right around time to go to kentucky derby so i was working for a company and i got the opportunity to go to kentucky for a week to photograph the derby and i'm a student there right and so i go to the to this professor and i'm like look i'm gonna miss a week and a half of class i'm gonna miss three class or four classes can you write me off i'm going to do this assignment for kentucky derby yeah, uh, you're gonna have to go see the dean about that. Uh, we we can't we can't do that. We can't sign you out of four classes. So I go see the dean. Dean's like, uh, yeah. He's like, um, you know, if we sign you out of three classes, that means you you fail 
and you're gonna have to retake that class. So uh, yeah, we can't do that. And he's like, and by the way, he's like, we, we'd love to run your pictures in our brochure. And I was like, okay, sweet. So <laughs> what are you gonna pay for that? Because I was just in a class we were talking about, this guy was like an ad photographer. And he's like, I gotta, you gotta get paid for your for this, you know, you do a, this, whatever. And he's like talking about the value of your images. And so I'm like, great, fucking sweet. I'm like, okay, so you'll give me like a free semester? Well, no, we can't do that. No, no so we're, we're gonna, we're gonna use gonna, your pictures, but we can't do You're gonna give me four classes for off, like you're gonna actually write me out of this? Mm, can't do that because it's outside of our policy. But we can run your picture. And I'm like, well, what are you going to pay me for that? $5,000, $10,000? Mm, yeah, actually, we don't pay you for that. You know, when you sign that you're going to go to school here, you signed away the rights that you every picture you make as a student of Brooks Institute, we own the rights to use exclusively. And I was like, that's amazing. I'm no longer a student at Brooks Institute. Go fuck yourself. And I walked out. And that was the end of my college experience. And so I've never done college after that. So that's why I'm a little sour on the idea of photos. But you you should be sour based on that story. Holy moly. Yeah. And so I just I sunk, you know, whatever the money <laughs> my pay, it wasn't my money, it was my, my parents' money that were paying for school and I left. And they again were upset that uh, it was I didn't, a college. I didn't degree. have I didn't have that kind of experience. I again I didn't go to photography school and it sounds like it was the right thing for you. I just think that they're not going to teach you generally from what I've heard and from, from people that I know that have been to photography school, they don't teach you anything that's going to actually help you succeed as a professional photographer. They might help you, it might help you take the technically perfect picture, but you know, having, as we keep pounding like in this podcast uh, over and over and over again, and photography is a business. It's no different than any other business. It's no different than, opening up your own uh, barbershop or a law a law office or a doctor's office or you know a, a, a mechanics like shop or whatever working on cars it's all a business where you're selling a product and the product is the pictures so having the education to understand finance and understand business and understand marketing and understand the things where that it actually takes to run a business, that's really what you need and what you want as a photographer because Jamie and Alex are teaching you some of the other pieces that photography school have cut, like are going to charge you 15 grand a year to, to learn. You can pull it up on YouTube and watch two dudes drinking that do this for a living and, and get more or less the same things, but we're going to be honest with you about it instead of have a professor like the story that I told last time. You, a professor was willing to send students, graduating seniors out into the world without having domains, without having, you know, a Facebook handle that is yep. pointing toward their business and, and an email address that's, you know, your photography business. It, it's pretty simple to us, but... I went to school and I studied history, and even though that's not really at all what I'm doing now, I can I can have a educated debate with anybody in the world based on the knowledge that I've learned over over many years in school about history and international politics, and it helps me relate to people that I wouldn't necessarily relate to because I understand where they come from. Like I can, ta- I've met a lot of people from all over the world, and my education and just uh, the liberal arts education that I got at center college was a good education. And, and it also was a small college. So I could, 
I could take my photography and there was almost no competition. I could take it to the football games, the soccer games, my swim meets, um, all this other stuff. And you didn't have to apply for credentials to cover a Clemson game. You didn't have to cover whatever, like any of these big games that you'd have to deal with at a D1 school. Just because it's a small liberal arts school and you want to be a photographer doesn't mean you can't be a photographer. Like you have to use the opportunities that you're afforded if you want to be a photographer and you need to find the ways to learn. And I think learning on the job, we've talked about this before, but learning on the job is the most important thing. You learn so much more real time working in these environments because no school assignment is going to replicate in time, like real time problems on a job, problem solving issues with clients. They you can do a million different things in school to simulate that. And I know a school art center in California specifically because I had a coworker that went there and he told me, he goes, their motto at art center was we're going to give you, there was the whole staff was all working professionals. They decided what was the maximum workload they could take each professional and then add a little bit more to that. And that's what they gave the students. And if you could hack it at art center, they thought you could hack it anywhere. Like that's fucking bullshit. Like, yeah. no, that's not how it works. So you're going to, you're going to stress a student over the limit to prove like you're good enough to be honest. <clears throat> like, no, that's absolutely ridiculous. So, so when I see stuff like that, that's where I get really frustrated because I know specifically I can, I can point to a specific shoot that I had early on, like maybe eight months, nine months into my career running remotes. And this shoot like literally changed the way I look and shoot and my style today. And this is in one assignment. I paid my way. I got a credit card to fly there to Saratoga. I worked with my mentor. And this is like the first time I really got to deep dive and work remotes. And this is what I wanted to do. And I have a photo of him and I walking across the track that I just absolutely love. And this shoot, I'm working with him and a partner, his buddy, Vinny Dusevic, who's a legend, shoots all sorts of college basketball and stuff up in, he works for St. John's now as a team photographer there. At any rate, Lights crashing down. It's getting dark, 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 dark. Bernardini's going to run in the Travers, and it's like storm is coming. It's dark, and we have fifty millimeter one point fours on all the th- on three remotes in the front, right? Two in the light, and my buddies is back for a little bit of jube. I'm running the remotes for the first time, and I run them down to two point eight because in my mind I just conditioned myself that two point eight was the fastest glass there was, and I just I overwhelmed young. I'd never done it. I miss, I get it to ISO 1600 on a Mark II. Like they, that's like way over the max on those. It's a little dark. We can pull it up. We save it. I have the photo. It's, it's not brilliant or anything like that. But my buddy Vinny and he, I fucked his remote up. Like I botched his shot for him. He was like a little bit under because he, he was like F4 still, right? And he was a little hard on me, but he wasn't hard in like an asshole-ish or dickish way. He's like, look, he's like, when you're over here, you got a responsibility. You got to focus. You got to be dialed in. Like you have all this responsibility on you. He's like, it's not yeah, just fun and bullshit to be here. He's like, it's on you. And I was like, fuck, man. And so I go on a shoot a month later and I have a 51.4 and I rock it at 1.4 in the dark in similar situations. And I hit this frame and it was on a Nikon modified to a Canon sharp still on a 4.1 megapixel 1D. And I was like, oh. This is unreal looking. And then I start shooting that style. And it all came from that one day on assignment where I spent $700 on a plane ticket, you know, to go for a week to New York to shoot with these guys to learn. It cost me money. I wasn't making any money going to do this. But the education and what I learned that day and the style and the pictures I've created since then because of that one investment in myself, 
that literally changed the way I shoot. And like, I will never forget it. It's it just created you. It was worth more than any of those classes that, so that's so what I stand some, as far as it. In some, you do not need to go to photography school. It helps to invest in your own education, whatever that means. If it means you're, you're paying to go somewhere and, and really learn from somebody else. Great. That's that's a that's an edu- that's a legitimate education. If it's going to Rich Clarkson's workshop in Colorado Springs yep. or wherever you want you want to do the the one that they do that's um, out in like Jackson, Wyoming, where you're you're photographing the Tetons and fly fishing and and outdoor stuff. You want to be an outdoor photographer. I mean, this is Alex and I shoot car racing and horse racing and sports respectively in in yep. general, but. We both have shot a lot of stuff, and this is all applicable to any niche of photography. You don't need to go to photography school to learn to be a, a food photographer. Make a cool dish at home that's pretty. Like, look something up on Pinterest that's that looks nice. Set up a light setup and see how it goes. The reality of the photography school and what it does, and it really is, the truth of what it gives you is it gives you assignments if you're not self-motivated to go make assignments for yourself. If yep, you can't decide, fair. I want to go shoot this, 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 because what I did know from my buddy who stayed and got into some student loan debt there and all this other stuff, unfortunate for him, you're doing the same assignments year three that you're doing year one. You're still going to like the, the fair at Santa Barbara and you're shooting like the farmer's market and like... That's not making you a better photographer. What's making you a better photographer is you going out and hustling and working and getting those opportunities. And maybe it's not shooting the big 24-hour Daytona race that you want to shoot or the big horse race you want to shoot. Maybe it's like a t-ball game that you're shooting for your neighbor and his kid's going to hit his first home run. That's an important moment and you can learn. If you take your shoot seriously and you look at the light and you're like actually at it and do it with thought, you can get better. This is a little off topic, but I can't wait to take this thing and shoot my kids' future like field hockey <laughs> or, or football or soccer or whatever because I'm going to make bank off the other parents that want sick-ass pictures <laughs> oh, of their kids. I'm going to charge them what I do every other client. Like, you want a picture of your kid? It's 75 bucks a pop. Whatever you want, Ooh. you can print it. You can put it on social media. Unlimited. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a living, like even more so with this thing, because it's my baby, and and I'm just gonna sit here with it, um, and and enjoy Dude. like shooting shooting kids sports because, you know, kids kids play sports, and I'm gonna make money off of it. This is a brilliant segue into the next thing, and we don't plan this. Like this is how you know we're so fucking simpatico over here. Pricing, we can read right? each other's we minds. Wanted, well, that was the next topic we're going to get into is pricing. And so you show me this lens and everything. You're talking about going photograph your kids' games. For my <sighs> wedding, I needed a photographer to come in and shoot the first part because we did the two-part thing, right, at the courthouse and at the Belmont in Santa Barbara. And so this guy, I get a coworker to come in and shoot. And, like, what's the value of it? He's like, ah, I don't want to charge you this, that, the other. I'm like, look. I'm like, I got some gear coming in from Canon. I'm like, your kids are going to play soccer. And he's like, yeah, we got a tournament coming up. I'm like, the gear's coming in the same day. I'm like, let me go shoot your kids. Like, I would just shoot for anybody else. Like, I'll just photograph your daughter and her game and your son and his game. You shoot my, like, afternoon wedding thing. We'll work together on it. And that's what I did for my wedding photography. And it was awesome. I art directed my whole thing. I got some unreal photos out of him. And then I show up at his kid's game at this big tournament. 
And like they're huddling up, and I just roll in with like the eleven to fourteen, and I put it up underneath him, and I'm fu- shooting the six. I bet it looked. Long. I bet it looked awesome, didn't it? I got some amazing photos. It was so much fun. Like I don't shoot soccer that often, but it was like I got a shot of him with the Santa Monica sitting in the background, he's jumping up, heading the ball in silhouette and stuff. The guy just loved it, and it was Dang. like that's a. But you can barter, you can product trade, you can do things like totally. that. So like maybe maybe my kid's best friend's dad is going to be a dentist, and guess what? I'm going to trade dental work for photography. Fuck, dude! I would not that I need shiners. I don't need that. Brilly teeth, pearly whites. Um, But yeah, pricing is is one that I get asked a lot about, and it's a hard topic. It's a hard topic to be honest about, and it's a hard topic to cover in general because everybody's different. My cost of living here in Charlotte, North Carolina, I'm venturing to say, is probably less than fifty percent of what your cost of living is. It's uh, a little expensive here, but like that's the thing Alex too. Is, Alex is in LA, so you know that's just yeah, what in the beach areas. Yeah, yeah, so, it's, exp- it's expensive in LA. You, it's hard to find a place in LA for you know under two thousand so dollars a month. It's, it's that's my, just how it is. But I own my house for fifty percent of that, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm never owning a home here. It's just, but yeah, that's, but that's, that's it builds just, that into pricing you though. Have. Yes, so I my day rate is a combination of of what i know i need to charge to make a living like i and it annoys me to no end that people won't they look down on photographers that make good money because you're like man this guy must be really overcharging everybody's like no i'm charging fair rates why why should i feel bad about the prices that we charge as photographers because i want to have savings i want to retire one day i want to go on vacations why is that a bad thing to be able to charge more than you know you think that photography is worth and i've just gotten to the point where i'm just willing to say i don't care what you want this is my price you can take it or leave it so pricing how, where do you kind of start from for you with your work well i was gonna, i was going to ask you when you decided to do your pricing and create your pricing structure like i said i want to learn too from you did you do like a like a PL or like an evaluation of like monthly expenses and like, okay, my gear costs this, my insurance costs this, my mortgage is this, I spend this much on food, we need this for the baby. Like, and then you look at for a year what your expenses are and think, okay, my rate has to be X to survive. Yeah. Or do you I mean, just you kinda have, like you have a baseline and then and then you add to it and it depends on the client. Like some of my clients here in Charlotte are restaurants. This morning I was shooting um hardware and jewelry and necklaces and and rings that a local designer makes and they're really cool and I charged my half day rate. I did 2 hours on on site and then 2 hours editing and you know I charged just about $500 for for that for that shoot and it'll never be used. It'll be used on their social media channels, but it's never going to end up on a billboard. It's never going to end up globally. You have to, de- depending, I have my, my base day rate and then I, I change I change that day rate depending on who I'm working for. So you're looking at, because you, you have a different clientele than I do. So you're looking at like that, like for instance, so say it's a, it's a jeweler, a small jeweler local to you getting started up. So you know maybe their budget isn't the max that you could ask for say like Lamborghini, right? Because no. completely different markets, different so you're willing to change your price point potentially for that client and work maybe five, six, seven different deals exclusive to your local market yep. as a price point. 
I've, I love yep. it. I think that's so, I think it's so smart because not every client is the exact same when it comes to like the economics of what they're doing and they don't value images the same. Like no, one client might totally. value it at, at X and another might value it at Y and it could be a thousand dollar difference. Like, but, I mean, I, I like, you know, what we've both dealt with in the past, you get a big name company that says we need you to cover such and such and such event. Cool. Okay. So what's your budget? And they say, mm, we don't really have a big budget for this. It's like, okay, well, that's fine, but I'm going to scale back. Like, you might want to pay me this, but I'm going to scale back what I'm actually going to give you because if you're not willing to pay for it, I'm not going to work my ass off as much as I would. I'm not going to make lesser images, but I I might not put in the hours or the effort to make something extraordinary based on what, what your price is. Like, the people that pay me the most, they get the most out of me. And that's, I'm not, it's not fair to the people that pay really well to, to work just as hard for them as you do for the people that don't pay really well. Like that's not how it works. You, you, you want a plumber that's the best in the world. You're going to pay for the plumber. That's the best in the world. You want some dude that's like got an actual plumber's crack and, and just like a couple of wrenches in his car and he does it for a side hustle. You're going to pay, you're going to get what you get. You're going to, the price you pay for is what you're going to get look outside of like the photography world let's say like as an actor are you gonna hire if you're gonna hire bradley cooper for a role you're gonna pay bradley cooper pricing yep. and if you want the d-list the up-and-coming star that nobody fucking knows about and bring him in well you're not gonna get bradley cooper but you're not gonna no. pay for Bradley. you're gonna get that yeah like we have some clients that want to scale back right now on some things and it's like okay you want to pay you know a bunch less money that's fine that means it's not gonna be like on-site transmission right away like we have to scale back too. I mean I'm gonna get you the pictures when I feel like getting you the pictures like <laughs> yeah like uh, your deadline it, like and so, yeah so pay, do you build you that in right. on your pricing like do you yeah totally you're like hey do you so when with the price on on an assignment do you go day rate or do you break it down like itemized like because I've done uh, some work it, as far as like agency rate. work and you like I itemize out like rentals and assistance <laughs> But I generally don't have assistance. I don't have rentals. It's just me and the cameras that I already own. So I'm just taking what I already have and and take my my base day rate and adjust it for who the client is. Like some clients aren't going to have the budget that other clients are, and you need to know you need to do your your due diligence and and research who you're working for because you know it might be a startup company that. Or like a sponsor or whoever that is is like crying poor, but then you look online and they've, you know, they they're throwing money around at stupid shit, and they're then like, oh, we don't have the money to pay for photography. It's like, well, if you want better content to post online and use in advertising, find it. Like that's if you're willing to drop, you know, fifteen grand. That's kind of where I, I don't really feel bad for a lot of my clients is they're paying fifteen grand to wrap a. Um, uh, an 18 wheeler hauler like I mean shit is not cheap like if no, you ever, that if you've ever yeah if you ever priced out I and came I, out of that I, industry out of corporate yes, ads you know it is not cheap and my Bro. yeah so like you're wrapping it every year and and you know 
6,000 people are going to drive down the highway like and see your your hauler, but none of it's ever really going to get seen. You could put up one post and get it seen by 6,000 people on social media. So why is why is photography less so than than spending the the money to wrap a hauler? Like why can the people getting like paid to wrap cars and haulers and 18 wheelers get that kind of money but I can't. You know, so well, I, I just I just oh. like just I just said I don't give a shit. Here's my price, don't like it, find somebody else. Well, it's because the economics of what other people in these ad agencies and the ad guys in car racing and the marketing execs, they get paid on those deals, on those car deals, the wraps and stuff like that. It's good for their metrics. They can track it. It's really hard to track the metrics of social media and like the tangible ROI of Jamie Price. It's not that hard now, though. Uh, they, these, but these old guys, they don't understand the metrics. I know like, they don't. Give they it, don't. Give it You're 10 right. years and hopefully this recession doesn't fucking destroy us all. And then once these guys, my dad's generation, they start retiring and they get out because right now they're just playing gatekeepers and protecting everything that they know from the past. I see it all the time. And then once they realize the value of the photos and the social media presence and the influence of the artist, because I'm seeing it in my outside of America, but just where people value as you as a personality in an industry. Yep. As like these, the, the people in China like literally act like I'm coming over as like one of these legendary jockeys. Like it's an, a foreign personality coming in, like signing autographs, taking pictures. Like it's fucking crazy. You're but so like, famous though. It's so cool. No, it's just different. And it's, it's making me look at the way I'm going to, I'm going to tailor my content, but like there, that's going to come into pricing sooner or later is like the value of social media and like the influence. Like if I start a black and white account and I see Every other photographer in the space and anyone doing black and white and then or like Saddlecloth Sunday, like every racetrack takes it. Breeders' Cup takes it like they're all using it except for racing for them because they hate my guts. I, wa- I wonder why everyone's using that content, that little just hashtag that was a community based thing. So like there is social influence in the space, yet the economics aren't there yet. It's going to change. I yep. think like building maybe personality around that, but that's going to go into pricing like I'm fortunate right now. I'm loving hearing what you're saying because my background is so different. Like I came out of the corporate world where I was salary. So like I was negotiating pricing from like a place of like, ah, fuck if it's 500. Okay, sweet. I'll take a job for 500 bucks or like, yeah, this I'll take a job for that. Cause it's just like, ah, just do it to do it. It covers party money. It covers vacation money, whatever. Now as like a real freelance, I'm living off this. I'm really, really serious about like the deals I make, the brands I work with. I don't want to take, like we talked about this too before, but I don't want to take assignments that are like not going to put me in the best place to make pictures because I came from that environment in corporate where it was like the managers would use putting you behind the eight ball on shoots. It's like, oh, sweet. We'll give this guy no help. We'll put him on a seven light shoot and we'll give him 30 minutes to make this picture <laughs> to make him fail. And so then you deliver, you deliver on that. And oh, so shit. now coming yeah. out of it, it's like, I've seen how corporate pricing works. Like I watched at my old company, aerospace company. This is the most crazy story on pricing, dude. You're going to lose your mind on this because now we can talk about photography. Okay. We hire a guy. I saw the invoice. He got paid $60,000 for this shoot. What? $60,000 US dollars for a shoot. It is two pilots. It is a pilot in the foreground. Like this with a helmet holding it and a pilot in the background, diversity, everything, right? They're maybe four and a half feet off like this, right? Okay. It is shot on a white background. He shoots it with like, I don't know, Kino flows or something. ISO 2500. 
one fifteen or one sixteen hundredth of a second at F two on white. <laughs> <laughs> with light spilling everywhere with a wide open aperture just bleeding all over these people. They're supposed to be together in the picture. Yeah. There's no compression, so they're fucking like way far apart. <laughs> and she is so out of focus. But then he takes one. Luckily, he like let the focus jump because he didn't know what the fuck he was doing on his 6D with a 50 millimeter 1.2 cannon. Embarrassing. He let one jump, so we were able to comp it together and work it. So he got paid $60,000. I spent... Three days with another digital artist reworking the photos, recomping them together, photoshopping things, removing pixels at my garbage day rate. The guy got the job because he photographed for NBC Sports. He did those stupid high contrast portraits that they run on like the Sunday night football nonsense. Yeah. And he shot the Broncos. The guy who was the hiring manager loved the Denver Broncos and he had that in his portfolio. His portfolio was the entire shoot. It was the most embarrassing thing I saw. No edit, no nothing. It was 142 pictures that he shot on one day as his studio Broncos gallery. But that's, I mean... $60,000 this company paid for the photos. But, and but you unusable. know what? Pow- power to that guy. Like, you know, I, I, hey. it's, it's insane, but I can't hate him because good for him. But that's just how it goes. Like, you, they're... Yeah. Photography pricing is all over the all over the damn board. Look at photography and, pricing is like cryptocurrency, bud. If these young millennials want to get into this shit, it's the value of what you perceive it as. If somebody yep. thinks your photo is worth ten thousand dollars, it's worth your photos were ten thousand dollars, and it doesn't matter if it's perfectly composed, if you went to photo school, if it was made with a Canon EOS one DX Mark Nine, fucking the next greatest. It doesn't matter. That's what the market says it's worth, and that's what it's worth. And so if yeah, you feel crazy. like you can push, if you can feel like you can push it, I had a story we were talking about the other day. I'll tell you the story on here. Is I had a client looking for for an ad. I sent him the photo over. I sent him a full res. So I trust him. I'm like, look, just comp it together. Do what you're gonna do. Great. We'll sort it out on the back end. Don't worry about it. They run the ad. They're like, oh, send the invoice over. I'm busy dealing with it. visas and nonsense, getting ready to go to China. I kind of put on the back burner. I send the invoice over. And I know the price point for this industry, and I'm like, you know what? But they're doing a little bit extra on it. I know they're going to run it digitally. Even though they say it's only print, it's going to go digital, right? So I sent over the invoice, quarter of a price, and I get a, get, a, get a message, and I get another message, and I get a social media message. Like, you need to call the manager, right? You need to talk to this guy right now. So he calls me, <laughs> and I'm like, I just hate We're losing our phone. shit over here. I'm like, they are panicked. Like, I know they're panicked. I'm like, okay, it's fine. Gets on the phone. He's like, "Look, dude, we don't have the budget to pay for this." Blah blah. He's like, "We're already running." He's like, "I don't want to get into copyright." I'm like, "Look, no, it's cool, man. I just talk him off the ledge." I'm like, "Look, it's fine. You've run it. Like, what's the deal you have in place? This is what you like. What's your budget? Okay, I can work with that. Sweet." So I talk him in. Then on the call, like once I get him like calm, a this is done deal. <laughs> then I start talking. Like, How you doing, dude? Like, you having a good day? Like, I get into like a little bit of personal stuff. How's the, how's the horses doing? Everything going well? Great, right? Yeah, it's going good. So, like, I don't get my initial ask, but I was pushing the envelope. And thank you, Jamie, for the podcast because I wasn't going to do this, but I wanted to have a story to tell. So, I'm like, yeah, anything for a story. Let's see what we get. So, two days later, I send the invoice over. I get an email. Hey, man, we have this concept. Do you have anything that fits this concept? Can you, can you get on a call? Get on a call. We start bullshitting this ad concept. Hey, I got something I think I, I can give you that I got the rights to. Send it over. Full res again. They comp it up. Boom. Drop it in an ad. Done that next day. Hey, send over an invoice. Wow. So I've made up that and I'm working on two other projects with them now. <clears throat> so off the initial, like I didn't get what I wanted. And it was like, look, it, you're going, you're going to hook up with a girl. You go for the home run. You go for a little bit more than maybe you're supposed to. 
But hey, we're gonna we're gonna curate this relationship. We're not gonna knock it out of the park night one. I'm I'm gonna I'm wine a, and dine I'm you. I'm gonna put in the work. Like, I'm gonna, for yay! The long I'm not that guy. I don't want to just. And, and to be honest, that's how I look at. Prezi. You're gonna marry her, is what you're gonna do, Alex. Hey, that's what I do. Gang, gang. Um, I I don't want to squeeze my clients. Like I don't want every client to feel like I'm just maximizing and like just trying to get everything out of we, them. And yeah. I, like, I want to give also, more. It, it, there's also a fairness, like. Like, well, yeah, the, you, you can't you can't just like because there's people that would give that client that you were just talking about a, the high res picture and be like, oh, cool. Put my name on it. And I'll be published and I can show my mom. Let me tell you what, when I went that's, to buy, it's not going to get you anywhere like long term in this business. You're going to you'll you'll have a cool picture to share with your mom once, but then you're never going to get more work again. I, hey, let me tell you what. I go to my I go to my guy to buy my engagement ring for my wife, Sev Aspen Diamond. Hey, this guy's the best dude ever. The, doesn't pay me. Unreal guy, like just legend. So I go to him. I go, hey, Sev, man. I, I got the diamond picked out. I got the ring picked out. I designed it all. I'm feeling the money. I'm feeling so positive. I'm like, oh, look, dude. So what's it gonna cost me? He goes, you know, shows me that the number, and I go, sweet bud. I'm like, look, I got ten thousand three hundred and eighty-one photo credits on Instagram. I got another <laughs> 3000 um, credits and ads over my career. So can I just uh, transition those in for this ring? You're out of your fucking mind, dude. You yeah. ain't paying for nothing with photo credit. So like nope. when people tell you it's good for your portfolio and they will tell you that as a young photographer, Oh, we're going to give you work. We're going to do this for you. It's never going to happen. I saw it in corporate. You're going to come in here. You're going to make, we're going to give you a raise every year. You're going to get this. You're not. You have to like really look at things a certain way and value things. Like there's a value for you working for Lamborghini, being associated with a big brand, right? Yep. Like there's a certain thing, but you're not going to give Jamie Price's work away for free just for brand association. (laughs) Like that just does not make sense. But there's a lot, there's a lot of people that do. There's actually, I can tell you, I can't actually. I can't tell you, but um, there's a lot of people that are giving away work for people that sh- to people that they shouldn't be. Like the, they, the the client has the economics to afford to buy images, but they oh, just know oh, that they're yeah. just taking advantage. Oh, yeah. and, and it's like and they're doing it, and they're doing it for social media credit or exposure. And and it's I good enough. This, I heard this. I heard this the other day. The exposure is good for you, but you can also die from exposure. <laughs> Well, I mean, exposure only gets you so much because, like, at the end of the day, you have to buy gear, you have to put gas yeah. in the car, you have I, to make I, money. Like, you have, I've seen you know people give it away. It is to, do you know how expensive it is to have a baby? It is very expensive. Do you know why very I'm not expensive. having a baby? What? No, dude, I can't do it, man. I'm a broke boy, dude. I've, there's no way I can afford to have a baby right now. Keep keep selling those pictures, buddy. It's a it's a lot of hey, pictures. Last, to sell. So lastly, we've talked about barter. We talked about other thing. What have you done? Any other deals as far as like compensation on pricing? Like just to give, because like I feel like like trading, like not product trade. Product trade. I mean, yes, product trade. I've done product trade, and I think that's an that's a fair trade. If it's like, good, if it's good product, like I would I would g- give a hotel chain like. A couple pictures if I'm getting three or four nights out of it like that's basically what it that's I mean I got a discounted rate um, I was trying to get a discounted rate for our honeymoon that we went on doing 
like pictures and trading them and they'd take a cut of it. They never responded. But I've done that where the magazine that I work for, we do it all the time. You you go on a, a press trip and they'll give you like three free nights in their executive suite and, you know, comp you like drinks and stuff and you send them a couple pictures or do an article they're all about that. Like that, there is value in that. If you can, I mean, it's not going to pay, I'm not gonna be able to put that in my savings account, but there's value in it. But if you're just getting photo credit, there's no, there's no like real value in that. Because the reality of it is, is like when people are looking on social media and swiping through real fast and you think they're looking at your photo credit, they're absolutely not. They're scrolling through it. They're going right by it. Like if the brand has good copy, the thing I've noticed recently is copy is just unbelievable. If you have a picture and you tell a story in your copy, it gets traction. And then maybe someone will read your name at the bottom of that with that little stupid camera by like at whatever. <coughs> but like the people that just photo tag me and say like, oh, photo by at a Evers. Like that is that I personally feel like that does absolutely nothing for my experience. Yeah, it does, the brand it because does. it's like half these brands have bought followers anyway. Like that's what I did on my flight on 13 hours. I did a five hour deep dive into social media in my industry. And like when you have 90,000 followers and you post a picture and you get 500 likes on your 990,000 follows, like it doesn't make sense. You're probably nope. buying followers. Like nope. just nope. Yeah. So like when you give me credit on that, like <clears throat> what credit do I get? Like what do I get out of that when you see stuff like that? Like think you gotta think about that too. And at the end of the day, like we talk about school, we talk about pricing. The reality of this business is is a business from day one. When you decide you're gonna start to be a photographer and you pick up that camera, you make that decision to buy it the camera, put the work out, I'm gonna try to get an assignment, I'm gonna try to pursue this. You need to treat it as a business from that first step everything you do has to be driven towards kind of your goals and so at the beginning if that means giving some work away or assisting for free or just be like hey i'll help out i'll carry gear i'll be a card runner as your internship exactly that's your education and then when you get that opportunity to go be a card runner or help and push buttons or do whatever it is you're doing on these shoots at it be the fucking guy. Be the best guy. When it's time to close up shop, help pack up gear. When it's time to carry stuff, help carry stuff. Go above Be and beyond. Friendly. Yeah, Have a just... good ass attitude. Like all this stuff because your time will come. It's patience. Like I didn't start out being the lead on these shoots as much as I wanted to. It was frustrating. You know you can execute, but you just got to be patient and get your opportunity. When it comes, then you got to be ready to execute. And, and and you know what? I'm, I'm happy being second shooter. I... A lot of people don't know this, but I assist a lot. Like a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is I'm second or third or fourth shooter on a team. I'm not the lead guy. This A lot of it, I am the lead guy. But probably 60% of it, I'm not the lead guy. It's not my client that I've hired or been hired by to, to run this program. I'm just another hired hand to help. Coming in on the team. To make, to make the quality, you know, like add just a different eye to it. And, you know, there's no shame in being a second shooter. Like no way you make. Yeah. That's where, that's where you make all those networks and those contacts that you can, you can build for the future because assuming that you're going to jump right in and be able to make, you know, a thousand dollars a day for, for something really simple isn't going to happen quick or at all. When we get down to it and you talk, you said the most important thing right there is the connections School is about the connections. If you decide to go to school, that's for you. 
make a network, build friends, start curating relationships because everyone's going to go off and do something different. And you never know if your, you know, your roommate that you became best friends with starts up a company that's visual and they need art created in three years. And now you're a photographer and boom, you're aligned based off these connections. Cause that's what college is, is it's getting your foot in the door, meeting people and building connections. Like some of the craziest and best paying jobs I've ever had came from crazy people that I didn't think would ever need a photographer. Like I'll give you a really good example. A friend of mine who I used to work with at um, the security company when I was selling burglar alarms, he left the security company and he went to work for a manufacturing company that needed, um, they made like mirrors, like, like stuff that um, has different textures and, plating on it i don't even know but he asked me to come shoot it and i was like okay here's the price and it was the hardest thing i've ever shot like if you've ever tried to photograph a mirror it's yeah, not a I, lot dude of that's what i had to do in aerospace i photographed everything was covered in aluminum foil wrap yeah it's everything. not a lot of fun it's not no. a lot of fun they're like can you take the can you take the um reflection the reflections out? <laughs> out of it it's like yeah if i spend 10 hours photoshopping it but so that same guy leaves that company and he goes to work for another company um, that was doing something kind of similar, but they were putting like siding on, on large buildings like skyscrapers and, and stadiums and things. And so he said, Hey, would you, would you be willing to photograph this, this, this soccer stadium? And I was like, yeah, cool. I mean, sounds cool. He was like, we don't really have anybody else we know. And I know you can do this. It doesn't sound like it's really hard, but you know, would you do it? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. This is not in my normal wheelhouse of, you know, Jamie's known for like photographing soccer stadium facades, but I, I own a camera. I know how to expose a picture and how hard can it be? And I threw him a price. They immediately said, yeah, cool. And the price was like way above what I thought it maybe should be for a two day shoot. (laughs) And, um, I hope he doesn't watch this, but (laughs) (laughs) So I threw them this price and they're like, yeah, cool. Like, and, and bring an assistant. Like we need a drone pilot and you. And I'm like, cool. I'll hire a drone pilot. That's a friend of mine. So we go to, we go shoot this soccer stadium, make thousands of dollars for, we were, I think we were on site for maybe an hour and a half over two days because they needed it shot morning, noon and night. And the weather was atrocious. So we did, I, I, I built it for two days and so you built it a contingency plus, day, right? Plus expenses. Yeah, like like Good. it has to be Smart. done. It has to be done with a weather window and the weather was going to yep. be atrocious. So, you know, you can't fly a drone in the rain, so we're we're like waiting for the rain to clear and we went and saw a movie and we went to do like a really nice dinner and got got drunk and like went and <laughs> shot this and it was it was so easy but you know, you never know, like, this is a guy that I, I work next to, and I really like him, and he's a friend of mine, and and just because you think a company doesn't need pictures, or, like, you don't think that they're going to hire you for pictures, like, it's all about that network. It's all about Dude. where that network can take you, and what, I mean, every single company <laughs> in the world uses pictures in some way, shape, or form. Photography is not dead. At Bro, all. it's the fucking best industry to be in. Everybody is a visual storytelling because they all want to be on social media and these visual storytelling platforms. If you're not making content for the internet, basically you don't exist right now. So they need guys like you and me. Last thing on pricing before we wrap this up, because we're coming up on the end here. 
you touched on it a little bit right there. What's your thoughts when you quote a price? Because I've done this before. And the, my, one of my favorite pricing stories, and I'll end on this, and maybe I didn't ask for enough. And that's what I want to end on is when you ask for a price and a client just goes, yeah. Are you like, <laughs> fuck, man. I could have gone for like easy yeah. another like two or Obviously, three or five if, or if ten. They like, if, they don't, if they don't even <laughs> – if they don't even like like hiccup or like like think about it, they're not. There wasn't even like a. Mm, what would you do with this price instead? Like if they don't if they don't give any response and it's just like yes. Oh, you're too I, low. oh, I know. But, I had a couple of those but, recently, and but, I'm like, but a, oh. like half of it is is you're just you're like to yourself. You're saying this is what this job feels like to me. Maybe they had more budget, but at the same time, you've also built that relationship with them that they're going to be a repeat customer and you can raise your prices over the course of your relationship because you know that's inflation the 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 country it it is more expensive every year to live in this country the great united states of america every single year it is more expensive to live here that is simply called inflation if you don't understand inflation Go to school and and learn about finance and history and how the dollar like changes compared to the yen, compared to the euro, compared to the pound. All these worldwide currencies, they're never the same year in year, day in day. Like it's always changing. So, you know, learn about it, figure it out. Yeah, I mean, maybe you were too cheap, but at the end of the day, you can raise your you can raise your price for next time and. When they say, "Ooh, Alex, you're a little more expensive on this time," and you're like, "Well, yeah, but I did that. I did that last job two years ago, and now I have a baby, or now I have a house, or you know, this I'm is just better. My, the creative's just, gotten better. Is, yeah, I've, I'm just. This is my price now. If you don't like it, go find somebody else. I think you have to value your your art, your creative, your content to a level. Like I, I don't know about you, but personally, I feel when I'm negotiating dealing with clients. Every time I'm talking with them, I feel like I'm coming from a position of there's nobody else in the industry or in the world that's going to do what I do and come at you with the f- personality and we're going to have fun and we're going to deliver. No one is coming with that. So when I ask for a certain price, if you say no, go get it elsewhere because it doesn't exist. There is, there is, is no other There is no other Alex Evers in the world. There is no other Jamie Price. There's no other Mark Rubilis, Camden Thrasher. No, they're, everyone's McAnally. unique and they... Love you, Michael. My, Shout out, man. Maiden. The Maiden. He is going to lose his mind because he's been chirping me to like drop his name on this. And you just did it out of the blue unasked. Steve Irwin, Mike. Oh, mate. Oh, bloke. He's going to say, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Hey, at some point, if we ever do a guest on here, we got to have, because we talked about gear and all this other stuff, we got to have Vinny Caliguri on here because this clown shoots with like the lowest budget Nikon gear. He rolls out with some joke shit and then he just makes rippers all over the place. And he's just the funniest dude I've ever seen. That. He's so all right, funny. Man. All right, man. We got to end it here. Where can, where can people find you? At underscore A underscore Evers on Instagram and Twitter. Where can they find you? Uh, at Jamie Price Photo across all social media platforms, but I think we're going to have it pasted underneath of our faces for these podcasts, so you shouldn't have to look too hard. The brand is going to be really strong. Rated Raw, episode four in the bag. Four, 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 four. I can't believe we've done four of these, but that's epic. 
love it's about it. time to I drop love that it. I get to see this this much of you. I know. When you have a baby, are you gonna hold the baby when we do this? Yes, I will be. I will be feeding <laughs> the baby. I can actually demonstrate how. Hey, hey, baby. Do you have a name yet? Do you have a name yet? Uh, no, but well, we do. We have. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl, so I'll Epic. let you know when it's born. Okay, we have about eight days, nine days, fourteen days. Yep. Okay, yep. I gotta get. I get a pool going. We gotta get bets going. Rated raw baby pool. I'm gonna take all your money. You know I'm a degenerate. I'm around the horses all the time gambling. Come on now. Uh, no, no. Well. All I'm right, gonna... guys, that's it. That's done. Episode four in the bag. Rawr!